going to be our intro forever. Wahai! Wahai! This is a of us going, wahai! <laughs> All right. Okay. I got this. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you thought about it once and then like you go to do it and you're like. <laughs> I forgot everything I've ever, uh, I've ever planned. But... <laughs> I forgot my I, whole life story. My, who am I? <laughs> what am I doing here? Why am I? How did we get this far? Uh, okay, so this is our podcast. <laughs> you can't laugh. Right? <laughs> just kidding. Welcome Woo! to okay. the podcast. <clears throat> uh, this, oh yeah, so welcome to our podcast. This is Close Encounters of the A-List Kind. Uh, seek! <laughs> you know those little uh the uh like those um those Sailor Moon dubs and like the <laughs> <laughs> like, what I don't know if it's like the production company. I know, but at the very beginning, it was very specifically when I was watching Sailor Moon. I remember my VHS having this. In the beginning it was like this little girl at like her window seat and then it goes into the stars and then it was like eek. And it's just DIC. No. <laughs> no. But that's when you said seek. It reminded me of those little no. intros to the. All right, I see. Yeah, I I'm realizing now that um, on a podcast, nobody's gonna get the full experience of the facial expressions. <laughs> I realized I had an entire conversation <laughs> with you. Yeah, they're just, just with my face. Yeah, they're literally just gonna be hearing me going. <laughs> no, you don't. Know, they're like, why is Bridget? What is she so? Why doing? is Bridget the only one talking? <laughs> it's because I'm reacting with the eyebrows. <laughs> 90% of Sydney communication is via eyebrows. Mm. Um, anyway, so <laughs> welcome to our podcast. This is the very first uh, episode, obviously. Uh, clearly, we definitely know what we're doing. Um, we're winging it. We're good. Uh, We've made it this far, so I think it's all right. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Mm. We are starting, and that's the <laughs> hardest part. The first step is always the hardest, and we have a mic in front of us, and we're talking to it. So, so we've made one step forward. <laughs> oh, God. One hissing step forward. <sighs> um, so, uh, for those of you who don't know, you know what I'm going to try and stop doing saying so to start off every okay. sentence. That's what I'm going to try and start. Thank you. It's very hard because I say so even in text messages. Drink every time Bridget says so. Oh, damn it. <laughs> get them <laughs> fucked up. Also, this is not a G-rated podcast. We will cuss. Okay. Anyway, that'll be for me to put in later. Nah. Um, for those who don't know, we are... I'm Bridget. This is the voice of Bridget. And I'm Sydney. Hello. Hi. Why? Hi. <laughs> And that's the voice of Sydney. That's yeah, that's me. Um, for those of you who don't know who we are in general, which I'm not sure how you stumbled upon us, but hello, welcome. Yeah, if you stumbled upon if you stumbled upon this podcast by accident, um, how did you get here? Tell us, please. Yeah, and let the, us yeah, know. yeah, let us know. Email us at um, I think it's c e a k podcast at gmail.com. I'm oh, pretty sure that's our email. We have an email. Uh, we do have an email. Right. Um, absolutely, we have an email. Um, I sh I would double check that, but I don't have anything in front of me. But that's I'm pretty sure that's the that's the email. I believe. You. Um, corrections later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll correct it later somehow if I can, if I need to. Um, <laughs> so 
Uh, yeah, I'm all so sorry you're here on accident. This is probably not what you expected. <laughs> so who are we, Bridget? We live in L.A. Th- that is a given. As that is a given. <laughs> uh, we are two girls who live in L.A. who are pursuing careers in the entertainment industry in the most bizarre, obscure, unconventional way. I, I, right. We are in L.A., Obviously, we're in the industry. Okay. What do we do in the industry? Currently, uh, the main source of income for me is going to be I am a personal assistant to a one Dante Bosco. Look it up. (laughs) Um, And Sydney... What is your, I guess, your main job title? You have a business. My so. bread and butter? Yes. My bread and butter. Yes, I'm a business owner. Uh, I am what they call a public appearance manager. So I uh, manage appearances, public appearances, for celebrities. Those celebs. The celebs. Which includes voice actors, on camera, raw suggested wrestlers today. So that might be a thing. You could do you could do the wrestlers. You yeah. can. Uh, uh, our friend Ben uh, Penrod, shout out to <laughs> that What's guy. Up, What's up, Ben? We love you. Uh, he always has a lot of wrestlers and stuff at his show, so mm-hmm. he'd probably be thrilled to hear that. Yeah. At his shows, he, that man uh, runs some cons for background. <laughs> for those of you, I cons. noticed. I realized this the other day. We say shows all the time to reference. Conventions. And that is not a widely known term unless you're actually working. Yeah. I gotcha. So okay. people are like, oh, what's, and by show you mean what? And nah. I'm like, oh yeah, a con. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a con. My bad. I apologize. Yes. So, so when we reference shows, they're cons. Yeah, conventions. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. It, the old Comic Con, as, as they say. So like as a public appearance manager, mainly Comic Cons, conventions, that type of thing. Yeah. Those are the big... Public signings. Yeah. Yes. Because I guess appearances is a wide variety of things, but specifically autograph signings is what I deal with. Yeah. 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 Mm Because like appearances will be like, oh yeah, they showed up on this show. Is that technically you? It's a public... that's not me. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nothing to do with the theatrical side. Just signing their life away. Bringing them to you. The fans. That's the, oh, yeah. So that's who we are, what we do. Um, I, at these conventions, I, and you do as well, um, when, when you want to, because now you are the agent, so you are above us, <laughs> little people. But uh, I often, peasants, <laughs> will work the, uh, the tables at the, like, so say you're going to a convention. And you walk up to the table. There's your celebrity right there, but there's somebody next to them, and that person is asking for your money. That's me. I am that person asking for your money. (laughs) (laughs) Give me all your money. (laughs) Give me all your money. I, uh... I, the, you know, the buffer between celebrity and fan, the one like, hi, yeah, it's great that you want to meet them. 
but you know they have to make a living as well so like it'll be you know this much money to get an autograph not just to say hi don't worry i'm not gonna take your money just to say hi some people might i don't know those people though but yeah um on that note one thing since this is a little bit of a a peek inside of our world one thing uh you said that i want to elaborate on is you saying that they're there and they need to make money too is that a lot of people think that the celebrities are paid to be at these cons oh yeah and they're not no they're not making money when they get there other than the autograph money so if you've heard that these actors are making hundreds of thousands on top of the money that you're giving them that is false yeah, that's not true. a lie yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it's not correct no that's just what they want you to think. Yes. It's not true. Mm-hmm. These people, this, they, these, these conventions are essentially extra work for them. Like, it's not like, yeah. you know, they just show up and make, oh, it's so easy. Like, this is actually, this is more work. work for them. Yeah, yeah it's so, work. I mean, everybody, we, love we, it. we all still have fun. Like, yeah. nobody, like, actively complains. And if they do, they're an asshole. But, like, yeah. it's great. Yeah. That's what we do. We're in L.A. We work Comic-Cons, mainly. And then yeah. I assist that child. And (laughs) (laughs) we will refer to Dante Bosco often in this podcast. And he is our son. He is the child, uh, you know, the baby Yoda of the, our existence, the child air quotes. Yes. Um, so Sydney. Yes. How did you get into conventions? Oh my God. We're going in. Yep. We're going in. All right. Um, my story goes way, way back in the day when I was a wee child, not a wee child, angsty teenagers. Um, I don't know if any of you out there play video games or are familiar with the game series Mass Effect, but it is my favorite series of all time. I love it more than life itself. Um, <clears throat> and the game came to me at a period in my life that was kind of a low period. Um, It was something that got me through my days. And it was these games that made me realize that voice acting was actually a career. Hey, these characters that I'm playing have voices that are, it's people on the other side. Like people are actually making this character come to life. And so it became something that I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to create these stories and impact people like I was being impacted by this game. So I started doing a ton of research. First of all, I grew up in a very small town in the middle of Washington State. No no entertainment industry there, so there wasn't really much I could do, but I just started Googling. And um, through this, I was also talking to my mom about what, did I, what I wanted to venture off into, and uh, she mentioned that somebody that she was dating at the time happened to have a cousin who was a voice actor. Great. Who's the cousin? <clears throat> and she refers to me. Doesn't refer to me. She tells me that it's Steve Bloom. And I... Pretty sure I shit myself a little bit. <laughs> shit a little bit. Because Steve's a Mass Effect. Steve is grunt. Steve is... Steve is everything. Steve is everywhere. So I died a bit inside. Died a bit inside. 
And he just happened to be coming to Seattle a couple days later for a con, for an anime con. Um, so this was my first convention experience. Steve got me tickets, drove over to Seattle to see him, went to his Q&A panel with him, um, and then I got to sit behind him at the table while he was signing. And all of these kids were coming up and telling him... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's fine. I don't know if you guys could hear it, but there was somebody whistling very aggressively in our apartment. Telling a very serious story. (laughs) (laughs) Those of you on camera could see me look around. What's happening? Anyway. So. So. uh, Got to go with him to his panels, um, and I got to sit with him behind the table while he was signing. And all of these kids are coming up and telling him how the games that he was in or the animes that he was in saved their lives. Like, basically, they were telling him my story. And it was so impactful to see them be able to express that to somebody that meant so much to them. Um, I feel like that just has a powerful quality to it. Um, And it was in that moment that I decided, screw voice acting. I'm not gonna be a voice actor. I'm gonna do this, conventions. I'm gonna make this a job. And at that time, I didn't know what this was because I didn't even realize that there was like a handler because he had a friend with him who was helping him. Like I didn't even realize what that was. Um, So I started to uh, volunteer at conventions around the Pacific Northwest. Um, and my very first convention that I volunteered at was Rose City Comic Con. And, uh, normally when you apply to be a volunteer, you get assigned to, um, ticketing or line management or something like that. Typically, celeb ops is what they call it, is a higher tier volunteer slot that they give to the experienced volunteers who have been there longer because it takes a big level of trust to be able to handle celebrities and everything that goes with it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought I was just going to be line management or something like that. But uh, it was the first time I've ever done this. And this was a big deal for me because I didn't actually like go out and do things at that time on my own. I was a very shy little child. And so going out and like going to another city and like doing this volunteer thing was a big deal for me. And uh, I went to a dinner the night before the con, like this dinner where all the volunteers got together and got to meet each other. And I was just chitting, chatting with a few people there, telling them why I was there, about my experience with Steve and whatnot, and that I was looking to do something to make this a career. And there was a woman sitting across from me, and I remember seeing her turn towards me. And she stops me, and she was like, oh, you want to, like, this is something you actually want to do as a career. Like, you're not just doing this for fun. And I was like, no, like, this is something I actually want to make a job. And she was like, you know what? I'm the head of Celeb Ops. I'm going to put you in my department. Okay, cool. All right. So, uh, but she told me, she was like, you might do line management there, but at least you'll be in the department. So then next year we can maybe bump you up to what they call a handler or a liaison. And that's the person who deals directly with um, the celebrity. <clears throat> Bridget's throwing up the peace sign there because she's like, <laughs> hey, it's me. 
Hey. So I'm thinking I'm just going to be line management. So the next day comes. We're, uh, we have our staff meeting. We go to our assigned spots at our assigned times. And a woman comes up to me and she shoves this notebook on me. And she's like, here, do you ha- are you assisting anybody? And I was like, no. And she's like, okay, well, I don't want to be an assistant this year. I have other things I want to do. Take this for me. Okay. Okay. All right. And she had been assigned to handle Robert Axelrod. Rest in peace. He passed away this past year. Um, but he, uh, he's Lord Zed on the Power Rangers. And I didn't know what I was supposed to do or where I was supposed to go or who I was supposed to talk to. I just got handed this binder with a schedule and said, go for it. So I did. Somehow I managed to find out where we were supposed to meet our guests and where we were supposed to take them to the table. And like, I like figured out where the green room was. Like I didn't even have a tour. I just, I wung it and found it all on my own. And uh, this weekend was a weekend. Robert is a very sweet and great man, but he's also very particular very about set in things. His ways. Very set in his ways. He's yes. an older gentleman. He's an older gentleman, um, so understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a bit of a bit of a difficult weekend. There were some scheduling issues. Um, we ended up having a panel issue, which wasn't Robert's fault. It was he somehow he in the program he got put on a panel that he wasn't supposed to be on. So he had been telling people all weekend that he was going to be on this panel. He was so excited about it. And then we got to the panel and he wasn't actually on the panel. Which would make anybody upset. Yeah, I would be so would make anybody bummed. upset. Yeah, so we had that oh. issue. But I managed it, figured it out, kept him calm, ended up getting to the very end of the weekend when I went to um, finally get him into his car and get him off on his way home. Um, and I'm thinking that the weekend was a disaster because we had, we had a run into some, some problems. I don't want to go into too many details, but we had run into some problems. Um, so I'm walking back inside and I'm thinking, I'm done for. They're never, this, was, this was the worst. I'm never coming back. But I get back inside and the celeb ops head staff are all lined up waiting for me and they start clapping and they're like we don't know who you are or where you came from and we're so sorry that you had the weekend that you had but you did great what (laughs) i did i didn't know what i was doing didn't know a single okay sure and they were so pleased with how well I handled everything on the fly that they asked me to come back next year. So that was basically the beginning of my con adventures. I started volunteering all around the Northwest. Um, uh, sidebar, uh, that is one of uh, Sydney's greatest strengths, is being able to literally be thrown into any situation. And she's like, I got it. And she comes out looking like she's done 
all of it before. She has no issue teaching herself on the fly. She handles everything. She tries to downplay herself. She literally handles any situation as if she was born to do it. Stop it, I'm gonna cry. Fun little, fun little, fun little tidbit about Sydney. Oh. <laughs> it's like she's the boss. Oh, I'm gonna crinkle away like a crinkle doll. Oh. No. Thanks, Bridget. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I'll continue. Okay. So, as I said, so I started volunteering around the Northwest. Um, I became really involved in Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, there's... What are you doing? I was getting one of Dante's notifications. Continue. <laughs> so I started volunteering um, at conventions around the Northwest. Got really involved with Emerald City Comic Con. That is forever and always my hometown con. My family's there. I love that con so much. Um, but... I realized that just volunteering wasn't taking me where I wanted to go. Like, there was no way of advancing professionally. Um, I wasn't going to be able to advance at all in a paid position. It was going to continue to be volunteer work. So, I decided that uh, I was going to pack my car with everything I could fit in it, with $300 in my pocket, and move to L.A., because all the agents are in LA, the actors are in LA, so that means I should be in LA too, right? That's how I'm gonna find a convention job. No, what was I thinking? This isn't something you can apply for. It's not something you can go to school for. I literally had no idea what I was doing. And, I eventually reached out to um, a contact that I had made through volunteering. Um, this is another agent who I had met um, actually at Rose City um, in the mess of all of that. But I uh, reached out to him, asked if he needed any help, um, and he did. So I started volunteering for him. Didn't he straight up tell you, like, oh, shit, I've been trying to find you, too? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, started volunteering for this agent, um, which led me to... So, the first thing that this agent asked me uh, to help him with was um, to do a small signing in Burbank because he lived out of state and I lived in town. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm available. I'm in town. I can help. Uh, who's the Who's the client going to be? And he says it's Jennifer Hale. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to keep my I I die, you guys. <laughs> I die inside because for those of you who do not know, Jennifer Hale is Femship from the Mass Effect series. My biggest hero. And so I'm losing my mind. But I'm trying to keep it cool because this is professional, right? This guy is supposed to think that I'm a professional and I know what I'm doing. So I keep it cool. And I go and I help Jen at this game signing. Um, so I get to the shop um, and, I get, and I get there an hour early because I'm 
terrified. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to get there an hour early. I'm going to make sure that I, I account for traffic for any issues that might come up. I get there an hour early. Mm-hmm. I get there, I make sure that the tables are set up and that the line is managed and I make sure that I figure out the back way so I can get Jen in so she doesn't have to deal with the people in the front. And I'm set. So Jen gets there and she calls me to let me know that she's there. So I let her in and immediately I ask her, I'm like, do you need anything? Like, do you need a break for a second before we actually start signing? And Jen is great. She's ready to just go. So we sit there and we start signing and we're maybe a couple signatures in and we're just chit-chatting a little bit. And she turns and she looks at me and in in such a gen way now that I think back on it. Mm -hmm. And she just looks at me and she says, what are you doing right now? Um, Well, Miss Hale, (laughs) I'm sitting here at this table with you in this bizarre moment of my life, helping you sign these signatures. I don't. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, what do you work wise? Like, what are you doing? And at the time I was just serving, um, uh, just trying to pay the bills. And she, uh, she's like, okay, well, what do you think about assisting have you ever done any assisting because i need an assistant and like i would love to bring you on you seem like you really know what you're doing and i feel like we click really well like would you like to be my assistant what (laughs) what and the great thing about jen hale is she's her and i her and i connected immediately because she's very empathic and compassionate and so like we just like i said we just clicked like it felt right and so when Jen knows something, she knows something. Like, she's so sure of it. And she knows all. She knows oh my gosh. all. It's <laughs> terrifying at oh. times. Um, so in the moment, I'm like, this lady's crazy. She doesn't even know me and she wants me to work for her. This lady's crazy. But really just, Jen knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she knows. Um, so yeah, started assisting for her. Um, and then this is before the agent and I had even met. So I, uh, to, to actually like talk about official business stuff. So the next con that he was going to be at, uh, was Salt Lake City Comic Con. So I decided I was going to make a trip out there so that we could actually like talk in person. Um, and this is when I met Bridget for the first time. Yeah. And I think maybe that's the point where we're going to let Bridget talk about how she got into the con world and then we can make our paths cross. Yeah. yeah. So we met very briefly at Salt Lake. Like, we mm-hmm. saw each other. I had blue streaks in my hair. You had green hair. <laughs> we were like, cool, man. And it was like, so fast. Cool, man. <laughs> that was what it was. It was fun. Yeah, very brief. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost always forget that that's technically yeah. where we first met. Mm-hmm. Until I think about Salt Lake and I'm like, well, duh. Right. So, how I got into con- uh was... <laughs> um, I was in, like, high school. And uh, I didn't have any social media. I didn't care. I wasn't interested. I wasn't invested. My cousin told me, absolutely unacceptable. I need you to have every social media possible so you can follow me on all of them. And I was like, sure, all right. I'll give a shout out to Ryan Donahue. She's beautiful. She's a great singer. She's great. Anyway, uh, it's my cousin. 
And so she literally set up all of my social media social media accounts. She set them all up, made me join all of them, whatever. I think early on, some of my socials were like, at BMW Pie, because I made a lot of jokes about pie for some <laughs> godforsaken reason in my youth. Anyway, so the one I attached myself to the most was Twitter. I liked Twitter. I liked writing. Twitter was all words. It was easy. I never take photos of myself. What was I going to do with this Instagram shit? So Twitter was where I spent most of my time. And I was a huge ass nerd. And I was obsessed with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Obsessed. <laughs> I loved them. Lived for them. And I was going through this period where I was like, I'm going to rewatch Every turtle thing ever. And I was on Twitter about it. I was like, just tweeting out. Because I, you know, all five of my followers. Who cares? I was like, I love turtles. Turtles are great. I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. These guys are fucking amazing. Oh, my God. And people found me. They were like, we love the turtles, too. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Look at all these nerds. So I'm talking to nerds on Twitter. And then somebody, I don't, I cut for the life of me. I wish I could remember who. But I know that Emily Ryan was one of them. She was part of the crew, my initial crew. Shout out to Emily, I love you. Um, and they were like, oh, this guy Rob Paulson was the voice of the original Raphael. And in this new 2012 series of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, he is going to be Donatello. And I was like, oh my gosh, Donatello's one of my favorite turtles. Because Michelangelo and Donatello are my favorite, depending on the iteration. Deal with it. And so... I was like, oh, that's so cool. What's voice acting? I never really thought about that before. And so this person is telling me, this like group of us, we're all talking about turtles and then voice actors. And like Rob Paulson's the man because he's Raphael and now he's Donatello. Two very different turtles, but he's both of them. And so I was like, let me look this guy up. So I look him up and he's been in everything I've ever watched as a child ever. And I was like, I love him. Immediately, I was like, holy shit, I love this guy. And so I was like, well, that's so cool. I was like, holy shit, I kind of want to be a Ninja Turtle. And at this time in high school, I really got into theater. So I was like, voice acting, cartoons, incredible. I was so invested. So like, I researched, I was like, voice acting sounds amazing. Oh my God, I love it. I was very interested. And like Rob saw us talking about him on Twitter. Like he saw the conversation happening on Twitter and he like joined it. He was like, yeah, I'm one of them, woohoo, whatever, yeah. And he like followed me on Twitter. And so him and I had like a couple of Twitter interactions. And then I was, I was living in Florida at the time. I grew up in Florida, for those of you who don't know. And um, I found out that he was coming to a convention in Orlando, which is like an hour and a half from where I lived. And um, I was like, well, I have to go. I have to meet this guy. This is an amazing opportunity, oh my God. I don't know what cons are, but this sounds great. And so, like, for Christmas, my parents got me VIP tickets to this convention. <laughs> and so I got to meet Rob Paulson. I literally, I opened, they put it, these, like, paper tickets in, a, like, a cardboard box. So I'm op under the tree. I'm opening this cardboard box, and there's paper in it. And I'm, like, reading them, and then I start crying. <laughs> there's video of it somewhere. It exists. And I'm just, like, sobbing over these VIP tickets. And me and my friend Ginny went. And it was both of our first. We were both huge nerds. We watched anime together, which... I'll talk about anime later. <laughs> <laughs> but me and Jenny, we had our VIP tickets. We were going to this con for the first time. And I got in line to meet Rob. And I was in the VIP line. So I was like up at front. But like 
you know, they're going to let the first, because there's a longer line in the general line, so they let some of those guys go, and then I, you know, I would go. But Ron walks out to his table, and he sees me there, and he was like, oh, I know you. Like, he recognized me from Twitter. And I, of course, I almost shit myself. I'm a young child yes. at this time. And I, this is my first experience with any sort of celebrity ever. Like, I've never, I've never in my life thought I would end up in a situation like this mm-hmm. whatsoever. And I remember now, thinking back to it, Jim Cummings was there. He was at the table next to him. And then Phil Lamar was next to Jim. I had no idea who they were. I didn't <laughs> care. I remember looking at them. And my dad Rob saying there something. And nobody else mattered. Nobody else mattered. And I remember my dad saying something about Phil. Being like, I think that guy was in Pulp Fiction. Because my dad loves Pulp Fiction. And I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. This is a Ninja Turtle in front of me. And I was so jazzed. I drew Rob pictures. I had drawn fan art for Rob. This is, I was... Such a nerd. <laughs> so, like, I was so excited. And, like, Rob made a joke. He's like, oh, are you going to pee yourself? And I was like, maybe. And he was like, I know I will. And I was <laughs> like, ah! And he recognized me from Twitter. So we had, like, this back and forth. And he ended up, you know, like, meeting my whole family, my little brother, my mom, my, my dad. They were all with me. And then I was so thrilled he recognized me from Twitter. I came back to his table every single day of the con just to say hi, to give him the drawings, to and take a picture with my little brother as well. Like, we kept coming back. And then, like, a month or two later, one of the girls who initially led to us talking about voice actors and me discovering who Rob was, Emily, the one I mentioned before, she messages me, and she's like, the Nickelodeon Hotel is doing a retro, tur- retro turtle weekend. And all the original voice actors for the turtles are going to be there. And she, like, found it. The hotel didn't advertise it at all. She found it in, like, the fine print on the website. So it was all four of the original Turtles, Rob Paulson, Cam Clark, Townsend Coleman, and Barry Gordon. And it was a big deal. And the Nickelodeon Hotel, which doesn't exist anymore, all Nickelodeoned out, and nobody was there. It was me and Emily. We met for the first time that weekend. We both lived in Florida. She lived in Plant City, which was like an hour or so away from me, but we'd never met. We only knew each other on Twitter. But we got to meet in person because of Rob friggin' Paulson. And... Nobody else was there. There was one other person who was like a known Turtles fan. Big deal. Everybody knows she's a Turtle fan. She shows up at every Turtles event. She's like famous. She was on a TV show mm-hmm. for being a Turtles fan. Mm-hmm. And so like she was there and a couple of her friends. And then like there were like a handful of kids that showed up. Nobody else was at this. Those four men were there all weekend long with like... 10 total people. So we just hung out with them all weekend. They were staying at the hotel with us. So, and there was like a little, there was a mini mall in this hotel. And like, I memorized Barry Gordon's freaking subway order. Cause I was also working at subway at the time. So I like knew. Hearing this story <laughs> now, after working so many cons is so much more comical and sad. <laughs> Describe that and knowing that feeling now. Oh, um, <laughs> oh that's wow. rough. Oh, it's so, Ooh, so it's rough. Yeah, we were just sitting with them all weekend, and like Rob and my dad went off in the corner to talk about golf for like at least half an hour. Mm-hmm. At least. So Rob and my dad bonded, and like I met all of them. And Emily and I ended up singing The Nations of the World with Rob, which is on YouTube. And, like, I checked it the other day when I was with Dante, and it has so many views. (laughs) 
And it's not even on like my main YouTube channel. It's oh, on like, a, a like an old one. Such a fucking nerd. Emily didn't think I would do it. She, we were in line and she was like, I really want to sing the nations of the world with Rob. She's like, I learned it specifically so I could do that. And I was like, I learned it for that too. I was like, I'll ask him and we can sing it together. And she was like, no, you won't. And I was like, yes, oh, I yes, I will. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, you don't know. I was like, I know we've just met. We're going to do this. And so we went up there, we sang it. And this agent aforementioned by Sydney was there. And he went to my mother afterwards. Cause I think my mom and my little brother recorded my video and like her parents recorded hers. But, uh, and he was like, I've never seen anybody sing that song as on par with Rob as your daughter just did. And my mom was like, yeah, try living with her while she was learning it. <laughs> Cause we almost know it. <laughs> I literally, I had like a note on my phone with all of them written out. So I knew for sure which ones were coming up and I would listen to it and sing it. I was very dedicated. I'm fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so like we went up, we sang it with him. And then there's a bit at the end of, I think Emily's video, you can hear Cam leans in. He's like, and these ladies will be joining me in my room later. Oh, or Cam. whatever. Like it's <laughs> so funny. And like, then Rob was like, you know, because obviously he recognized me again. It had only been like a month. He was like, oh, you know, I know you guys from Twitter. It's so cool. It's so sweet to see you again. And he's like, you know, I think it'd be really fun having you at cons with us, like, all the time. And I was like, still in, like, high school, I think. And I was like, maybe a senior at this point in time. I don't, I don't remember. Time is not real. And I, like, and I was like, that would be amazing. Like, I was, I think it was after. I don't, I don't remember. So I was like, that would be great. I would love to. Like, that sounds super cool. I don't know what you guys are. He was like, yeah, you know, because we usually have, like, these handlers and stuff. It would be great to have you working at shows with us. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, this is my agent. He will teach you how to work cons. So then this, the agent that Sydney met working her cons was the same agent that Rob introduced me to that weekend. And the agent was like, I mean, sure, yeah, if Rob wants you, yeah, I could teach you how to work cons. Florida has a different convention every weekend. It'll be easy. You can learn the ropes, no problem. And I was like, great. We took a photo with that guy that weekend. We all, you know, whatever, all these things. Made the connections. The first con I ever worked was Holiday Matsuri that December. And I've been working that convention every year since. It's been like seven years now. And... So it was all thanks to Rob. Rob was like, I want her here. And he was like, I called dibs on her at any show we're at together. And this agent was like, of course, you know, whatever. Anything for you, Rob, blah, 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 whatever. So I started working cons in Florida. And then... <laughs> that impression you just gave was pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you. Um, so then I, I was doing so many... There, was, there were literally so many cons in Florida. Guys, you don't, like, Florida is so geared for tourism. They're like, anything to bring the people. <laughs> so, cons. Every other weekend, there's a different con in a different part of Florida. And Florida's long, too. Like California is. But, so I was working cons, and I did my, I worked my first one with Rob, like, the May after the December I first worked one. And Rob was like, oh, what are you doing? What are you, you know, like, what, what are your goals in life? What do you want to do? And I was like, right now I'm super into theater. Like, I was really into tennis. And then I decided theater was the way for me. I gave up on those tennis dreams for the, the stage. <laughs> and Rob was like, oh, I'd love to see one of your plays sometime. And I was like, 
Florida's not that poppin' theater-wise, but <laughs> if, if something happens, I'll let you know. And then he was like, you should move to L.A. And I was like, you're absolutely right, sir. <laughs> you're right, I should move to L.A. That's going to be my new goal in life. Rob Paulson said so, so that's on my list. L.A. it is. That's on my, my goals. <laughs> you're right, I'm going to do it. And then I wanted to travel to cons more. And I ended up making a friend at a con in Jacksonville who invited me to this Salt Lake City con. So I was in the convention world full force. And my friends and I, my best friend Katie and Ginny, my original Ginny convention companion, my little, my little, my chérie, my Ginny, Ginny Fouts, follow her everywhere. <laughs> um, uh, so we decided, we were big Supernatural fans, which Sydney is also a Supernatural fan yeah, herself. I might, I might be. We may eventually have a Supernatural-themed podcast oh boy, that's just gonna... to discuss mm. our experience with the show. <laughs> but there was a Supernatural-themed convention in Jacksonville, Florida. And me, my friend Ginny, and my best friend Katie, we were like, we gotta go. Didn't work it, but we attended. We spent the weekend, whatever. We spent all the money. And my and Ginny really wanted a photo op. Like, we basically got photo ops with every member of the cast that was there. And, like, so each of us, you could get, like, two people per photo op. So we, like, split up. Like, I paid for this many. Katie paid for this many. That when we each got who we wanted by, like, splitting up the duos. Right? And then Ginny got this photo op with Osric Chow, who plays Kevin Tran in the series. And she really wanted me to be in the photo with her because she was, like, shy. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know, sure. Like, I did like his character. He wasn't one of the ones, like, I wanted to spend money on, air quotes. But I was like, it's fine. I would love to take the photo with you. So we did. And then, like, when we got, like, all the photos after the show, and I, like, posted all of them everywhere. Like, I was new to Instagram, so they were all on my Instagram account. And then, for some reason, our photo with Osric had, like, the most likes. Like, it was so popular. And... Osric and I ended up connecting via Instagram over that photo. And like we became friends over messaging each other on Instagram. And we were like, we should hang out. He was like, you work cons. There's got to be one that we can go to together and like hang out all weekend, like spend the weekend. Like there's got to be one. And he ended up inviting me to Salt Lake. And I found out that that agent that I'd been working with, like, Rob and everybody in Florida, like, through, like, I'd been working cons for, volunteering to work cons for through, like, as a handler, uh, he was also going to be at this Salt Lake con. And I was like, oh, I could, you know, not just, like, sit around doing nothing when I, like, because Osric was a guest at the con and I didn't want to, like, bother him while he was working. I was like, oh, I can work with this agent and whoever he has there. For the weekend, like, it'll be cool. Like, and if there's any issues with badges, I'm sure I can get one. But I was like, I'll be covered. I know plenty of people there. I was like, okay, I'll be, like, I can go. So this is my first time ever on a plane (laughs) to fly out to Salt Lake to hang out with Osric for the weekend. And then I ended up, you know, working with uh, voice actor Jess Harnell at Salt Lake for that weekend. And meeting Sydney for the very first time, very briefly. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was such a wild, I'd never traveled anywhere outside of Florida besides like driving up the East Coast with my family. And like my first time on a plane, I thought I was gonna be terrified because I'm afraid of heights. I loved it. I loved flying. I was so excited. 
And then since I'd flown, I was like, now I can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So a couple months later, we ended up at Phoenix. It is now Phoenix Fan Fusion, but at the time, I think it was just, just Phoenix, Phoenix Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, Bridget flew. Mm-hmm. But I drove because Phoenix is only like a six-hour drive uh, from L.A. and it ends up being cheaper than a flight because um, f- none of our flights are covered for this. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of it was like us yeah. paying the so this is yeah. A lot of this has been out of the pocket. So anytime yeah. I could drive, I'm like, all right, I got to drive. So I drive. Which is only a testament. Like, we were so invested in working oh, these right. cons. We were like, we are willing to pay the flights as long as we can be there and experience this and work with them and help you. And was, we loved it so much. Yeah. <laughs> and we still do. Yes. This is our life now. Yeah. But Phoenix. 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 Um, I, so I was driving out. And uh, I knew that uh, Bridget was going to be flying in. So I texted her and asked her if she needed a ride from the airport because another thing that we never got was transport from the airports. Like we had to figure out all of our stuff and I knew it would probably be easier if I just picked her up. Mm-hmm. And uh, you ended up at a hotel? Because the agent, like I was asking the agent like where to go, where to like what update, whatever. Like And like they weren't getting back to me. Like I wasn't getting any official answers to anything. And... I think I, like, looked up which hotel was, like, the main hotel that the convention was sending people to. Mm -hmm. And I just went to that one first because it was also, like, the closest to the airport. So that's how you ended up there. Yeah, that's, like, I just kind of, like, picked one to go to immediately afterwards. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't, I don't, like, I don't even know if, like, I ordered a lift or just. That's what we were messaging about was which hotel we were supposed to be at. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, we didn't. Yeah, it was like some chaotic whatever, and I just ended up there. Yeah. So Bridget's yeah. at a, a completely different hotel than where we were supposed to be staying. So mm-hmm. I went and I picked her up, and this was our first time, like actually talking. talking. Yeah, actually talking because before we had just been hey. Yeah, like a real quick intro at Salt Lake, and like that was it. Yeah. Very brief. Yeah, but she hops in the car, and I just knew. I was like, ah, oh, yes. This is my person. See? This is going to be a person. <laughs> I sat in her car and I was like nervous. I was like, all right, this is like, I kind of know her, but this is, you know, I'm, thank you so much for picking me up. And she's like, sorry, my car is a mess. And I was like, it's fine. I don't care. Follow me out. <laughs> That's and on brand. It's so on brand. And I look at her rear view mirror and hanging from her rear view mirror in her car is this necklace and it's like a pendant and for those of you who have ever seen Free Willy, it's the whale carving <laughs> like pen that they have in the movie. And it, I love Free Willy because I was obsessed with killer whales and like dolphins. And when I was, I wanted to be a marine biologist when I was little. Like I was obsessed with Free Willy. Obsessed. And I see this Free Willy pendant hanging in her car and I was immediately like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know, trying to be cool. I was like, is that from Free Willy? <laughs> and she was like, because I also am obsessed with orcas and Free Willy. Oh my god. So we were like, ah! <laughs> We were immediately like, oh my god, I love you. It was instant. Oh my god. It was so, yeah. Phoenix was so long ago. Yeah. Should we talk about Phoenix? Do you remember anything Phoenix? from Phoenix? So uh, it was your first time working with that agent. And mm-hmm. I'd 
already been like doing cons with that agent for like over a year mm-hmm. i think at this point yeah it was over a year at this point and since there's so many cons in florida i saw them all the time mm-hmm. and you didn't know the other girls there was a couple of the girls with us that weekend mm-hmm. and you didn't know them and you're less comfortable with like dealing with strangers yes so you ended up staying in like a different room than we did yes because you didn't like you were like uncomfortable with like because there was gonna be I like four that. or five of us stuck Ooh. in a room together and like Ooh. one bed like it was yeah. gonna be a really crowded situation, but there was a closet there was like a wardrobe that I totally fit in. That was Bridget's bed for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, there are literally photos of me in this wardrobe in the <gasps> hotel room. Like I'm just curled up because I fit in it. It was fine, and um, so like you were in a different room, but like mm-hmm. over the weekend, I think. We ended up, I ended up finding out you were a Supernatural fan because there were two of the Supernatural actors there also. Mark and Timothy. Yeah. Yes. And I bought a photo op with them. Because this woman is such <laughs> an angel. I do remember this. I yeah. remember discussing like whether or not I should or I shouldn't or if I should approach them or say anything in the green room because it's... I feel weird approaching people in the green room because that's the safe space. Like, that's the place where we go to cool off and just be away from that kind of interaction. So I'm like, I can't really say anything in the green room. We'll we'll, we'll go in depth about the green rooms too. Yeah, There needs to be an entire episode about the green room. The green room room is a whole other world. But it's basically (laughs) like where all the actors go in between everything they're doing at the cons. Yes. And like also the green room as far as like theater or whatever, it's where everybody gets ready in general. Yeah. Stuff like, but so the, these actors and like I always, especially at this time, I just wanted pictures because I have a shitty memory and I want to be <laughs> able to remember the things I experienced. So I just wanted photo ops with everything that I felt was important to me. Like mm-hmm. I, so I bought that photo op with those two actors from yes. Supernatural because Supernatural was technically how I got on a plane. Yeah, yeah. Because of Osric. Thank you, Osric. We love you, Osric. <laughs> we do literally to this day we're still very close with Osric bless his little heart yeah love that boy so yeah so I bought this photo op and because I knew Sydney was also a fan of Supernatural she let me hop in on it yeah I was so like we have this beautiful family photo with Timothy and Mark and who Bridget played um uh, Timothy was Cain of yeah. Cain and Abel yeah. and then Mark was Lucifer so yes. it's me and Sydney with Cain and Lucifer Cain and Lucifer it's yes. a great photo and uh, Kane is actually my favorite character in the entire series. Main cast aside, yeah, yeah, Timothy's uh, my favorite. Timothy is a phenomenal actor. Period. Yes. like he's so good in every role. It's mm-hmm. whole, like he has such and a I range. Because so, I was also super into Galavan at that time too. Yeah, so and I, I asked so you. I remember stoked. asking you. I'm like, who do you want to be next to in the photo? I'm like, I let you pick. Yeah, and it ended up being funny because you and Timothy had long hair, and like me and Mark had, had like the, the short same hair. short hair. Yeah. <laughs> It, it was a family photo. Yeah, it was great. A it's a great family photo. Yeah. And you had a weekend at Phoenix. Uh, yeah, you're talking about because of Sean? Yeah. Sean. <clears throat> yeah, so um, I worked with uh, my dad, Sean Astin. We and... have a cat named after his character in Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Samwise Gamgee. Uh, He's around here somewhere. Yeah. Mr. Frodo is making his rounds right now. If you hear a meow in the background, that would be our other cat, Frodo. Mr. Frodo. Meowing at you. Just meowing. Um, but I worked with uh, Sean. This is actually the, so my first time working with Sean, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at this time, this weekend, the big fires happened. <laughs> I say the big fires as if there aren't big fires every, every single year. year. But there were fires happening out in Calabasas that ended up getting super close to Sean's home. So 
I'm working with dealing with the fans and the signing while also making sure that Sean has enough time to keep track of what's going on at home and also trying to like comfort him and make tell him like everything's okay. Um, so it was a it was a it was a stressful time. Um, he ended up uh, it ended up getting so close that we were only work we only worked Friday and Saturday mm-hmm. um, he because early. he ended up having to leave early uh, and go home on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was a time. Who were you? I was with Jess, Jess. again because oh, after because... Salt Lake, after I did Salt Lake with Jess, uh, he basically he called like the next dibs. So like any show that like Rob wasn't at. That Jess, like, so, like, Rob had dibs first, and then Jess called dibs, and then there was, like, a whole whatever, like, people right. get, there was, like, a ranking of who <laughs> got which handler when they wanted to, yeah. whatever. So, like, at that show, I was with Jess. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, Mo, I think that's the weekend, mm-hmm. I, that was the weekend we I met first Mo. met Mo. Yeah, that was the weekend we I first met Mo. I was just talking to Jonathan, and I was like, I don't remember when I met your father. And, like, it was, it was Phoenix. Phoenix. It yeah. was Phoenix, because mm-hmm. I remember I took... Because I was still taking pictures there. That's also the weekend I met Tro- Troy and Nolan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Phoenix was a big weekend. Phoenix was a big weekend. Oh my gosh, we met everybody. Yeah, so that was the first time that we met Troy and Nolan too. Yeah. Phoenix was literally like setting the groundwork for, for everything. everything. We also met our lovely DC there. Oh my god, yeah. We met DC. Yeah. We met DC Douglas. We met Maurice LaMarche. We met Sean Astin. We met Troy Baker. We met Nolan North, who are all people we continue to be close with to this day. Especially Maurice LaMarche and DC Douglas. And like for you specifically, Troy and Nolan, like you continue to be super close to them. And Mm -hmm. Sean too. Yeah, Sean, we call dad. Wow. What base core crew of people that are continue. I never thought about that. Yeah. Phoenix was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Phoenix was the first time I like. Flew out specifically to work. Because technically, so like I ended up working after the fact, but I was there to hang out with Oz. Right. So, which mm-hmm. Oz is Ostrich. We call him Oz. It's his nickname. Nothing. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's crazy. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What a time. <laughs> crazy. So, oh, yeah. And I don't, I don't remember us spending a lot of time together in Phoenix. We... Because you were super busy with Sean. But, like, we kept meeting up in between things. Because, like, you didn't go to talk to anybody else in between things, I think. Every time we, like, met up, we were just... Con- like, we talked all weekend. And I know our weekend. schedules were completely separate. Because Sean had a completely separate schedule than everybody else. I know we made that, like, brief appearance on the panel. But we weren't supposed to be at the panel. So I didn't even get to sit and see the whole panel. Right. Yeah. The- so, yeah. We were running in and out. Different schedules. Yeah. But, like, because of, like, that first night when you picked me up... We stayed in contact all weekend. Mm-hmm. And, like, outside of the agent, you weren't talking to anybody else the weekend. So whenever we did, like, the group things, like, it was... Yeah. Like, I've... And I, like, I remember, like, I liked you, so I wanted to keep talking to you. So, like, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> she liked me, you guys. <laughs> she liked me. We fell in love. Oh. And it, but like, because, yeah, because, like, I... Like, we, I think we, like, text all week. Like, I'm pretty sure we just kept... Because then I invited you to the photo op. Like, I mm-hmm. made sure... Yeah, that we stayed in contact all weekend, mm-hmm. even though I was with like the other girls. But I never formed like a close bond with either of them. Like mm-hmm. it was you, like I was invested in talking to because, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then the last day you weren't even working, so I think you hung out at my table, like a little bit. Like you came in and out because God, my Sean so left. Bad. I was I was floating a lot. Yeah, and I feel like 
you hung out at my table a bit. Yeah, you were hanging out. Yeah. Do you remember that steak dinner? I ordered a salad. Yes. <laughs> and I didn't realize I'd done it until like after I'd done it. I was the only person at the table who ordered a salad at the mm-hmm. steak place. And that was a large dinner too. Oh, it was a big. It, it was all of us. Literally, mm-hmm. everybody went to that one. It yeah, was, it was a, a huge one. table. Mm-hmm. Like we took up the whole corner in that like velvet room steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, and then we had to take two vehicles to get there, like God. the lifts. It it's took two separate to cars. Now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just remember DC's Crocs. That's when DC and I bonded. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Phoenix was pivotal. Yeah. Huge. It did, and it didn't even hit me until we were just now talking about it. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. And then after Phoenix um, was Voice Actors Rock. Yeah. So our very good friend, our wonderful friend, uh, Christy Sproul, who um, is the owner of Voice Chasers, mm-hmm. um, she put on this really awesome uh, charity event called Voice Actors Rock. Um, she rented out the Whiskey A Go Go, and all of our voice actor friends that have bands, she brought them out to play a show. Incredible. Um, I know uh, Troy played. I think um, the Tasmaniacs played. So that's Jim and. And Robbie Rist was one of them. Robbie Rist. Was Debbie their singer? Debbie. Derry Berry? Derry Berry. Yeah, she was there. And I know Rob was supposed to go, but at the time he he couldn't. Yeah, he had to cancel. Yeah, he had to cancel. But they had a lot of people in that group, so Mm -hmm. that was like a big one. It was a big one. And then um, did EG? EG sang. EG sang. And then uh, Jess's band Rock Sugar played. Mm -hmm. Um, You already said Troy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tom! Tom! It's the first time we saw Tom Kenny in the the high high seas! Oh my god! It was... It was like the Tas. It was like the Tasmaniacs, and then E.G. Who else did we say was there? Troy. And then it was like Troy, and then Rock. Tom, and then Rob. Rock. Tom, sugar. and then Tom, Rock Sugar. And then Rock Sugar, yeah. Yeah, because Rock Sugar was the big rock band they closed out. Yeah, and I mean, I love Troy, and I love watching him live. I think he's great. Tom was the best part of that show. I so like I was very familiar with Rock Sugar because I had been working with Jess a lot mm-hmm. up to this like up to this point, and like Rock Sugar is great. Obviously, but like Tom Kenny and the High Seas is the greatest show you will you will never ever have a more fun see. time. Yeah. Oh, he's a blast! Yeah. I was literally like somebody there who I think now is that guy Brock. Brock Powell. Yeah. Yeah. Brock. He recorded me losing my like. Do you remember? Like I was dancing. That was Brock. I'm pretty sure it was him who recorded it that night. Like All me right, dancing well, Brock, up there. Brock, if you're listening, you are. You have a you're video. part of our story. <laughs> you're part of our story. I'm. I'm like so positive because every time I see you, I'm like I remember you, and then I have this like vision of you recording, and we're upstairs, That's and I so was funny. dancing because I was losing it over yeah. Tom Kenny, and I look over, and he was recording me, and like. Like smiling because he was like, "This is so great," and he recorded me dancing to it. Like it was a whole thing, and I'm pretty sure it was Brock. So somewhere yeah. that he might have that video. So this this voice actor's rock thing. Yeah. Um, Bridget uh, uh, decided to come out, come out, and I offered to let her stay with me for the weekend because after Phoenix, I was like, my goal is to move out to LA, but I've never been. So I was like, I want to visit. And then this voice actor's rock was like the, the perfect, perfect opportunity. Yeah. And she was already living out there. Mm-hmm. So I told her about it. And she was like, you can, you can stay with me. And I was like, yeah, I was so excited. Yeah. More Sydney time. Oh. At this point in time, also, I'd like to note, like, Sydney would just, like, call me. 
like we I was in Florida and like we would just talk on the phone like all the time she would just call me with like updates about her life like I was like we were living on the opposite side and she would like call me like at least every other day like we were just on the phone constantly there's some wild stuff happening yeah there was wild oh, stuff so happening in my life that time yeah like I would I remember sitting on like the edge of my bed and my mom would come in my room and be like what are you doing I'm like I'm talking to Sydney leave me alone <laughs> like we're t- catching up she'd be like oh. <clears throat> well cause at that time, there were so many bizarre things happening in life. Stuff was that, popping off. And I couldn't really talk to just anybody about it because a lot of it had to do with things happening in the industry and industry adjacent. Yeah. And so I wasn't comfortable talking to yeah. just anybody about it. But I knew I could tell Bridget because she knew what was going on. Right. Like, I was in the industry world. She was on the also. inside. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know. She knew. Yeah. So, it wasn't like... Yeah. So, I would yeah. just call her and scream into the void. Yeah. A little bit. It was great. Yeah. So, she came out for Morris Actors Rock. Yay! Uh, we spent the weekend together. Uh, we had a great time at the show. That show was so good. Oh, it was such a freaking blast. And, like, the Whiskey A Go-Go is such a, like, a place. <gasps> and this is the first time I'd been in L.A. for maybe a year oh. and a half, and I had been dying to go to the Whiskey. So to go Monumental. to see Friends play was, like, such a crazy moment. I remember we walked up and we saw our friends' names on the sign, and I know I, sh- I, know I shed a tear. Because oh I've been, I love, I love 80s bands. I Like, I love Motley Crue. That's, I love music Motley from Crue that era. Be. Yeah. And but Motley so, Crue was discovered there. And so to be inside the whiskey, I was like, <sighs> and we, we had, the green room. we had full rain. Yeah. They let us walk all through that place in that green room. We got to walk in there. I, and you can feel the magic. Oh, in there. You can was, feel it. Oh. It was, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm fine. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. What a week. Like, such a good night. Uh, such a good night. Yeah. Um, But yeah, after that weekend, Bridget and I, I, I know it was that weekend, decided she was going to move out here and we were going to find a place together. Yeah. Because at the time, I was, was I, I wasn't couch surfing. No, you were living in Long Beach. Yet. I was still living in Long mm-hmm. Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, that's where I stayed with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we planned on her coming out there and we were going to find a place together. Yeah, because I was like, I already planned on moving to L.A., but if I have somebody to move with, and Cindy was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was basically, she was like, I'm going to couch surf until you get here, mm-hmm. and then we can just get a place together. Yep. And so I spent like like a year, half a year, like stocking up my savings. This bitch made me couch surf for a year and a half. <laughs> it's it's Everybody told me I had to have 10K in my savings. Ugh. So I was working to get that before I moved out. That's and lucky fair. I did. That's all right. <laughs> because even then after I got here, we couch surfed for yeah. like half a year before we found somewhere to live. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So she ended up saving up the money, moving on out here. Um, anything about your process moving out here? Uh, you know, I worked at a library, which was great you know full time I was doing so much work at the library and like library it was a government job it was real nice I had benefits weekends off 
all vac- all holidays off. Like it was, you know, it was real nice. I loved it. And it was really easy because like I'd like worked my way up in the ranks in the library. So I was like top tier. And unfortunately, they wanted to make me a supervisor of my branch, but then I left them. <laughs> they were very <laughs> upset with me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. So like it didn't take me super long to save up the money I needed because yeah. I just didn't, you know, I didn't do anything. I just went to work, went home. That was it. I didn't have, like, I was still living with my parents, so I didn't have rent to pay. I didn't have to worry about anything else. I literally just went to work, put money in my savings, every paycheck. And then within, like, a year or half a year, I was like, I'm out. I threw as much as I could in my car, and I drove the three days to California. Mm-hmm. And then, oddly enough, we, uh, she got out here, and I had yet to, I'd been searching and searching and searching for an apartment, but hadn't found anything yet. It's um, hard. It's, it's very hard. Uh, so bless Miss Jennifer Hale. Yes. Um, she, her family was on vacation for a couple weeks, so she let us essentially crash at her place while we ended up looking for apartments. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that she did, because I'm not sure what we would have done otherwise. We, we literally have... lived in her house for almost a month. Yeah. Because they were just gone. They were, like, in Australia the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we literally lived in Jennifer Hale's house for, like, a month. Mm-hmm. And she had pets, so we are like, pet-sitting, too. So it was like, you know, we earned our keep, I guess. But Yeah. Yeah, we uh, were there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bless her heart. We Honestly. finally found, we had to do a little bit of couch surfing after she got home, mm-hmm. um, but not too bad before we ended up finding a place, finally. Because yeah. you had friends who were like, oh, you can stay with us, and like some a friend of yours, uh, shout out to Gary, he literally, he let us take his bed while he slept on the oh, couch. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Gary. He was so sweet. Oh, an angel. Yeah. We, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it, we stayed with Gary, we stayed with Eliza, we stayed with Sarah them we mm-hmm. stayed with kiri and them yeah we stayed with god bless everybody. our friends for looking out honestly like shout out to <laughs> everybody willing to let a little vagabond stay on their couch for a little while we did say we stayed in long beach for a long time the mm-hmm. place where you were living when i visited you mm-hmm. they still had like a guest room that they ended up letting us stay in for like over a month because mm-hmm. we couched a little bit and then we ended up staying in their guest room mm-hmm. for like a while before we yeah got finally our place. Found a place yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is the place that we're recording out of now. Yeah, we're here. It is now our home. Yeah. It took like three years before we really felt like it felt like home. <laughs> we uh, took a while to find our footing. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Make it homey. Yeah, like we, we, yeah. We clearly also travel so much now that it's like we're, we're barely not home. even here. Yeah. yeah, and so it took a while for us to like set it up to feel like a home because we just never were home and like stuff was still in boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so I moved out here and we kept on doing the con thing. It never stopped. There was never a moment when it stopped, ever. Nope. Not even a little bit. She, when she first got out here, I was working full time for a voiceover recording studio while also essentially doing cons full time, Mm -hmm. um, which ended up getting to be too difficult. And the agent that I was working for previously had promised me that he would start paying me. So I ended up leaving the voiceover studio that I was working at and like really, really doing cons full time. Um, and uh, Bridget um, started to... So uh, I had met Dante Bosco, as previously mentioned. I had met him in Florida working cons. 
Um, and like, cause he came to Orlando for anime festival Orlando, which he's never actually been in an anime, but that's besides the <laughs> point. People confuse Avatar, the last airbender for an anime, but it's not, it is a Western. I mean, it was written by everybody in like America. There was American writers and then it was animated in China. So it does not qualify for an anime, but everybody calls it an anime. Besides the point. He was at Anime Festival Orlando, and I worked that. I met, I ended up meeting because he was already friends with this individual, this girl in Florida named Sarah, who is very important to us now. She ended up becoming oh, one of our closest friends. Sarah. She ended up becoming one of my best friends, and now she is one of our closest friends, and she works conventions with us now too, which led to the forming of a girl gang of handlers, which we'll get to. <laughs> there's so much. But I, yeah, there's so much. But I met Dante this weekend in... At, at this convention, I was a huge Avatar The Last Airbender fan. So I was like, when this agent, because it was that agent who booked this con, he was like, who do you want to work with for the weekend? And I was like, Dante Bosco. Because he is Zuko in Avatar The Last Airbender. And I've been obsessed with Avatar The Last Airbender since before it aired on television. I was in second grade. I'll, I guess I'll tell that story right now. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine won a contest with Nickelodeon to preview this show that they hadn't decided whether or not they would actually air. So there was like this really like early. A test uh, screening. Yeah, it was a test screening. Like her and her group of friends that she chose got to test screen this show. And it was really early in the stages. Like Katara's name was Kaya. Mitchell Musso was the voice of Aang. And it was like, it was completely different. Like the, the outfits that they, like the Fire Nation wore were ridiculous. And it was so funny. But we watched it. And obviously Dante was also in that, he was still Zuko in that trailer or whatever that we saw, but we loved it. We were obsessed with it. So like from that point, like we voted, yes, that show has to air on Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon eventually aired it and it became a big, like everybody loves Avatar The Last Airbender. But I had been following this show since I was in second grade. I was in love with Avatar The Last Airbender. I have a tattoo now of whatever. So... (laughs) I was like, I have to work with Dante Bosco. And the agent was like, of course, sure. The second I met him, he sounds like Zuko 24-7. Dante doesn't do anything special with his voice. His voice is his voice. And at first I was like caught off guard by that. I was like, oh, he sounds like Zuko 24-7. I'm flustered. <laughs> but then as the weekend progressed, I got to know Dante. And immediately there was a disconnect. Dante is not any of the characters he plays. Dante is Dante. <laughs> and like I it, Dante is a character of his uh, yeah, own. A host unto himself. He is his own thing. And like the, so there was like a little bit of like a starstruck thing initially, but like the second I started working with him, it was gone. And him and I clicked so fast. Like we were immediately like we were friends immediately. And like by the end of the weekend, like he wasn't Zuko he wasn't anything I'm like he was Dante Mm. and I fucking loved Dante I was like this guy's great and we stayed friends we stayed in contact we every time he came back to Florida for something or other he like he told me he texted me we hung out and that friend Sarah that I met through him she was already friends with him she and I became close and then we would also see each other every time Dante was in town like we'd all hang out together like that was like a thing and then when I moved out to LA Dante was one of the first people I told because he lives in Beverly Hills you know he lives out here in LA and he was like, I'm so excited. He's like, I'm going to show you the town. I'm going to show you the way. It's whatever. And he had done like a short film. Mm-hmm. And he invited Sydney and I to a screening of it. Like right after we moved out. And he like introduced me to a bunch of like his friends, his fiance at the time. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> Sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> that was loud. Um, he invited us to the screening. We met a bunch of his close friends, his fiance at the time, like all this stuff. And then after like a couple of like brief interactions out in LA, he wanted to uh, watch Avatar because he'd never seen it. He wanted to watch it for the first time, and streaming was kind of, like, new and cool. So he was like, we could stream me watching it. And I was like, yeah. And I was, like, the Avatar expert. And he was like, you should watch it with me. So he's like, I'll know nothing, and you'll know everything, and it'll be great. And so we started doing these streams, and then it just sort of turned into, he was like, you know how you always, like, you helped me at cons? He was like, I need, like, an assistant. He's like, I need extra help in life. And, like, he's like, we're doing really well. Like, the streaming thing's really taking off. He's like, we work great together on that. He was like, do you think you you might want to be, like, my personal assistant? And I was like, he was like, I, I can pay you. And I was like, absolutely, I'd love to. So we went from, like, just being friends to, like, me becoming his personal assistant. And now he's, like, one of the most people, one of the people I spend the most time with. Like, n- like 80% of my time is spent mm-hmm. with Dante. And, like, we've become like obviously there's been a lot of work involved but because Dante is how he is like it doesn't really feel like work ever and he's like one of my closest friends in the world and I'm not even sure that I could have like made it through the transition into LA without him being there and like taking me under his wing he's very much like a mentor and like somebody who's like super important to like my growth as a person so far and like how I've like continued on in all of this like without Dante I I probably would have ended up moving back to Florida for a while yeah like I because I had like a like a part-time job at Barnes and Noble out here for a while and like that sucked without Dante I wouldn't have been able to leave it like so like yeah Dante is like half of my LA experience (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so I forgot why we got onto that story uh talking about what you did out here after you got to LA yes once yeah literally once I got out it was Dante Mm -hmm. Dante kept me going yeah. And to this day, it keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I moved to LA. I was trying to get menial jobs. I ended up working for Dante. You were doing assistant stuff for Jennifer Hale. Mm, yes. I, I, I was doing a lot of, after I left the studio and focused on the cons full time, I also was doing some freelance personal assisting. So I helped Jennifer Hale and David Hayter and Rob Paulson and Sean Asson. Like I've, I've done a bit of assisting. Um, and that I'm so thankful for, not only for, bless you guys, keeping me afloat financially wow. while I do this, go on this journey of figuring out what I wanted to do in the con world, but as you were saying about Dante, I've gained some really great mentors out of that. Um, Jennifer Hale and Sean Astin in particular... Jennifer is where I want to be when I'm her age. Her and I have had many of the same experiences. And so to see where she is now and who she is as a person just on the inside and her success and just like how... I, I, there aren't even words for it. Just like yeah. how she is, is what I aspire to be. And it gives me hope that I can get there knowing that she's been where I've been. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sean has just become a dad. Bless his little heart. <laughs> yeah. He's such a dad worried about 
who I'm dating oh, yeah. and what I'm doing <laughs> with work. Like, it's so sweet. I love him. Um, so I did a lot of uh, personal assisting. Um, and I eventually, with the agent that we were volunteering for, mm-hmm. I eventually got to a point where I couldn't afford to do it for free anymore. Mm-hmm. I couldn't volunteer anymore. I wanted to take this seriously. I'd been talking for years about how I wanted this to be a career. And it was not, unfortunately, happening for me in that area. Yeah, with that other agent. With that other was, agent. There was no room for growth. Um, so I ended up leaving there, just trying to kind of figure out what I was going to do next. Um, and a few of my clients actually persuaded me to start my own booking company because um, I had been doing a majority of the work for free anyways. Yeah. And they really enjoyed working with me. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to start something on my own. Yeah. Shout out to Chris Sappet for being like the very first person to suggest that we leave that agent in general, <laughs> in life. Yes. Being like, you should do your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. So He is supported every step of the way. <laughs> A brilliant man. Yes. So I did just that. Mm-hmm. I started my own booking company. Um, it's called Novarium Management as an homage to Mass Effect, bringing it it. all the way back. Yeah, bringing it all the way back. When I was trying to think of a name, I didn't want something generic. It took months (laughs) for the name. Because I feel like a name is important. It is. It is very important. But... I eventually just decided I wanted to, to be something that meant something to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I picked a name from the video game that started it all. Mm-hmm. And here I am now. Um, I'm booking shows, starting to book shows regularly. Mm-hmm. I have uh, 30 plus clients at the moment. Yeah. And I'm proud to say that each and every one of those clients has come to me for representation. Yeah. Which feels really really good to know that i'm good enough at what i love to do that people want me to do it for them yeah she never once had to like ask anybody like do you want to be my client she literally was like i've started my own company and everybody was like hey you can book me (laughs) she did not be like do you want to come book with me not even once did she have to say that she was like i started my own company everybody was like yes and it was such a great feeling because i was concerned that it was going to be like rough starting off like finding people that nobody else was working with but people were so eager and so excited for me good at what she does ladies and gentlemen she's a professional she knows what she's doing she's basically the best in the business Oh, goodness. Oh, mm-hmm. goodness. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I'm just no, starting no, it's out. No, no, but... <laughs> It's absolutely true. We don't need... Even she's just starting out on her own, but, like, everybody already knows. Oh, so <laughs> sweet. Oh. So that... Yeah, that's where we are now. Yeah, 2020 right now. is the year of really hitting the road booking these shows. The first year officially where it's all me. you on your own. Yeah. Which yeah. is really exciting. It's so exciting. Ooh. It's gonna be great. Yeah. It's gonna be a 
It's going to be a fun year. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun year. It's uh, it's definitely terrifying. Because I never in a million years went into this being like, I'm going to have my own company. I just thought I was going to find a position. I was going to be okay with being a handler, being okay with being an assistant. But I just kind of outgrew all of that and yeah. realized that I could do so much more. And I have a fucking business now. Yes, what? you do. That's bizarre. Okay. Yeah. What a queen. The boss lady we all want to be. Oh. Oh. Crying. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. We've got so much in store. So. Um. So that's who we are. That's what we do. These are the lives we live. We spend so much time at cons. Oh, God. We travel so much. I think we see uh, the inside of an airplane more than we see our own apartment. Probably. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got cats because uh, they don't require daily walks like dogs that we can't provide because we're gone so often. Uh, They are Mr. Frodo and Samwise because we're nerds. We'll discuss our nerddom later on in the podcast. Oh, yes. Obviously, we're nerds because we got into cons, but... You'll see the truth. (laughs) The full extent later. It goes far beyond. So much. So much farther. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Follow us everywhere. All of our ads are at C-E-A-K podcast for uh-huh. close encounters of the a-list kind podcast shout out to everybody who has found those accounts without us announcing them I don't and know how following you did it, them but thank you brilliant thanks we appreciate your support with <laughs> no context whatsoever like you Champions. just sensed it they yeah knew it was you coming. guys were like this is a picture of bridget and sibby i'm in <laughs> There's no descriptions on any of those pages. It literally is just close encounters of the A-list kind with a photo of us being ridiculous <laughs> at that Rosé mansion. There is no indication of what it is. It just says, it's us. It says podcast. And people were like, yes. That photo clearly shows you that some shenanigans are going to go on. Absolutely. So. I think you're, you have like an arm up and a leg up. Mm-hmm. And we both obviously have glasses of wine in our I think our I have two. You might have two. I think I have two. So like everybody was like, this looks great. <laughs> and they just followed it. We didn't announce it. There's no, there's no bios on any of those accounts. There's no explanation, description whatsoever. And we have a decent amount of followers without having announced it. Yeah. I think there's at least 20 on all of them. And I was like, we didn't even tell you these were things, but thank you for finding us (laughs) anyway. But follow them now that you know what they are. This is a real thing. We have the substance to back it up. I'll add descriptions later. Um, Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Uh, Follow Sydney everywhere at uh you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at spooky Sydney on both of those um and then if you want to follow Novarium Management uh those are on 
uh, Instagram and Twitter as Noveria MGMT. So that's N-O-V-E-R-I-A MGMT. And then you can find me on Facebook under Noveria Management. And then there's also a website out there somewhere, NoveriaManagement.com. Beautiful. Yeah. If you want to follow me anywhere, it is going to be the T-H-E Bridget B-R-I-G-I-T-T-E Moya M-O-Y-A Everywhere. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. I think there exists a thing. Oh god, yeah, there's extra things. There's a, yeah, there's a Twitch, uh, from the Facebook page. Uh, there's probably something else. Literally everything. You can email me at the Bridget Moya. It's all out there. I've streamlined everything to be the exact same at follow me everywhere. The Bridge at Moya. Insert thing here. Beautiful. She's professional. She knows what she's doing. I tried. <laughs> uh, and then, like I said, Close Encounters of the A-list kind. It will be available everywhere at CEAK Podcast. There probably isn't a Twitch, but you can try. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, thank you for listening. We have had a brilliant time recording this. Um, stay tuned. You can follow us on Patreon, even at CEAK Podcast and or Close Encounters of the A-List Kind at Patreon, whatever those things are. I will include the link in the description because as of right now, I don't know it off the top of my head. And uh, we will have different tiers available for each of you who to pay 5, 10, 20. Don't worry, we're not going to charge you an arm and a leg. 20 is as much as much as it's going to cost. We will have bonus episodes available. We will have voting as to who our next guest or first guest will be. Ooh. We already know who our first guest is going to be. You can't vote on that anyway. <laughs> our next guest. And um, we do have a video version of the podcast that will be available for a certain tier level subscribers. And Patreon only like questions... Uh, Q&A, live streams, AMA, that type of thing. Uh, they will all be explained when you click on the link that I include in the description. Come support us, please, in all of our shenanigans and adventures. Yes, we are uh, only available to... We are only able to do this in our little spare time. Uh, we only make things... We only make money commission-based and or sporadically. We do not have consistent funds for these things. So this podcast is what we want to do because we know a lot of people want to know about what we do. So we cannot keep it up consistently without a little extra help on the side. So we appreciate anything you can do. You will get bonus episodes literally at the basic tier of $5 a month. It'll be easy, I promise. Bonus episodes include like... How we formed a girl gang from working conventions and convention-specific adventures. Oh, yes. And maybe eventually a Dante tale or two ah. will be in a bonus episode. So, please, follow us, if, follow us everywhere. Please support us. Please, Sup please. Support us on Patreon. Keep on listening. We will update once a month. Because that's the only time we have to dedicate to this. <laughs> Maybe eventually we'll be able to do twice a month. We'll let you know. Uh, have a wonderful day, evening, month, week, life. We love you. Uh, 
Send us all your questions to ceakpodcast at gmail. Any requests, any stories you want to hear. I was going to say, if we wanted to ask and see if there's anything specifically that they were dying to know about yeah, the convention world exactly. or about us. Yeah, if you want to know specific things about that, about us, like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite movie? We'll answer those. Uh, how do you get into cons? We'll answer that in a more general sense and not our chaos. <laughs> uh, as long as you email us at ceakpodcast at gmail.com. If I'm wrong. <laughs> I'll correct it in the description. But I'm pretty sure that's the Gmail address. Thank you for listening. We love you. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.